Hello and welcome to Bad End Podcast. This is episode number 29. My name is Josh Calixto. I currently write for Kotaku. I'm Katie McCarthy. I'm a writer for usgamer.net. Katie's a US gamer. She's She's been writing up <laughs> a storm. Me. Check out her recent feature about writing in video games. Three-part monster beast of a piece. Go check that out. And yes. we also have a very incredible special guest, friend of the show, <laughs> Astrid Budgore. <laughs> Astrid, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Give us a little bit of the the, the what's what around Astrid's world. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Astrid. Uh, I you might know me from my locked Twitter account or uh, my podcast and website bullet points that I do with two other people, and I've also been on one other episode of Bad End. Yes, yeah, I'm happy happy to be here on the second greatest video game podcast of all time the first of course is colin's last stand <laughs> yeah that no one is really disputing that so i knew immediately <laughs> yeah. the podcast we are number two about. yeah um so this is a big week for video games um the i don't actually think it was was it no hey, i don't i don't think all? it was that big i feel like nothing really came out honestly <laughs> There wasn't even really, like, like much beef, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty boring in the discourse. Like, there is nothing going on. It was yeah. just kind of dry. People got mad this morning about people calling, like, straight people calling their partner's partner for some reason. And that's, like, the hottest discourse I've seen, like, all week. Oh. And I was like, wait. Yeah. What? Okay. The politics thing with regards to the escapist oh, relaunch yeah, that's that a good happened. One. Yeah. Oh, actually, that did happen. Yeah, <laughs> that was that's a true. Big one. Um, I just blocked that out of my mind because it was just like, <laughs> I'm I'm already over it. Somehow it's 2018 and we're still having the like, like I just, I'm not going to talk about politics with regards to this video game, you know? Just mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Just fun. We're leaving politics at the door, okay? It's only fun here. <laughs> Wolfenstein politics. It's a fun. It's just a fun it's game, just fun. bro. It's yeah, fun. yeah. I wonder how that stance works with stuff that is like obviously political, not just like yeah. people reading it, but like stuff that's like on the surface, like very political. Are you just like you're? You don't talk about that. You're fighting all? against you know the story section under like the story section of the yeah. Thing, it's like you know obviously BJ has it out for these people who he disagrees with. Um, <laughs> He, his name is BJ Blaskowicz. Um, he doesn't like these guys. They killed his family. Um, they have some sort there of. There was there's violence on all sides of that one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Everyone did something wrong. Um, it started somewhere. I don't remember. Like I'm not going to mention who started it, but you all will probably remember. <laughs> um. Anyway, look forward to the Escapist relaunch coming up very soon. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That juicy anti-political mm-hmm. discourse. Um, I also play. I played some video games. Uh, I think we all played some video games. But I want to talk mm-hmm. about a couple things I played this week. Starting with Mother Gunship, which um, Katie, you know, we had this this talk on Baden a couple weeks ago, which is... The whole like Metroidvania roguelike conversation, and um, this is a first-person shooter crafting 
roguelike. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, oh wow. Where you basically it's like this sounds new. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's like <laughs> I have never played this game before. It's procedurally generated. You go into these like spaceships, uh, and you get like gun parts that you like build guns on your hands, and so there's like different components, different like connectors. So it's like imagine like having Legos or like connects on your arms that turn into guns and you're like limited by the amount of energy that you have. So you have to like make decisions about like how much firepower you put on each arm. Like you could put like 10 guns on one hand, but you'll only be able to shoot it once before having to reload or whatever. So that's like the whole thing with this game. But what I'm really fucking annoyed about with Mother Gunship (laughs) Is that it? Just I love that name. It's it's very it's very gamey. It's just yeah. like the most video game ass name I've ever yeah. heard. These are the designers of Tower of Guns. If I'm reading the Wikipedia oh. correct, yes. Okay. Yes, Tower of Guns. Yeah. The same minds yeah. who brought you Tower of Guns. Mm. There's a lot that I'm kind of like annoyed with about this game. One is that the writing style is everything is like lampshaded in it, where it's like. Why would they put like every design thing that there was a mistake with? They just wrote a line being like, why would they have a self-destruct button on the ship? Every ship ends with you hit the self-destruct button. It explodes. It's like, why Mm -hmm. would they put that on the ship? And I was like, who knows? (laughs) Ha 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 ha. People actually find this stuff funny, which is crazy. I, you know, different story, but I went to see Mission Impossible Fallout last night. And I was in the theater and people were laughing at like the shitty one-liners that they would say. Every single one, dude. Hell yeah. I was like, what are you, you doing? Okay. Have you never seen a movie before? Okay, have you seen Mission Impossible 3? There's a great scene where Tom Cruise runs up yeah. a wall and he like leans over and he says, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. And it it's <laughs> the most, he's alone in this scene, so it makes no sense. But it's, like, the greatest scene, I think, in any action movie. Because it's just, like... Because that's, like, the super serious one with Philip Seymour Hoffman. So it feels, like, totally out of place. Because there's not really one-liners in that movie. But he runs up a wall and says, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. And it's... Okay, that sounds, like, absurd, at least. It's great. Like, so absurd that it's unexpected and therefore funny. But this was, like... Ethan will come back. He always comes back. Type shit. And then people were just cracking up. Like, ha! Ha ha! Like, actually laughing at this shit. And there was a, it was a guy in front of me. He sat literally just right to the front to the left of me. And then, but there was also someone behind me who would laugh at everything. And someone directly to my left at the end of the row. So it was like three people laughing at just run-of-the-mill one-liners in action films. And I think I have that reaction kind of every time I'm, like, playing a video game. Sorry, but with nerds. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're around nerds, sometimes you'll just be watching something and they, like, laugh at a joke that you've heard a thousand times in a game before. It's like, who are you? Like, where do they find these people? Like, what? where are they freaking bringing these people in? It's insane. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about, like... Uh, like Watch Dogs 2 had a lot of that type of humor which is a bummer because there's a lot of stuff I like about Watch Dogs 2 but it also had that like very juvenile yeah, like not great humor or God, oh yeah the Saints Row games I feel like that's an obvious one like those are just like mm-hmm. 
the <laughs> most bottom like Dane Cook like tier <laughs> comedy writing. It's like okay, <laughs> okay, it's this is happening. <laughs> all memes. It's just like the AGDQ yeah. tier comedy. Oh God! <laughs> no, yeah. we're just like. And it's also, like, they have these comedy formulas that they know from, like, Saturday morning cartoons, where it's, like, they set their own joke up to, like, alley-oop it to themselves, where it's, like, oh, this can't go wrong, and when, like, it's clearly about to go wrong, and it's, like, oh, it totally did, ha, 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 And then, like, uh, That's, like, my favorite laugh. bits from... Oh, I was gonna say that's my favorite bits from like Awesome Games Done Quick is like the fucking horrible jokes. And like usually the speedrunner is like not into it and just like eating it. It's painful. It's so painful. (laughs) Anyway, that is all of what the writing in Mother Gunship is to give you an idea. Um, I think this conversation should have given you a pretty good idea of what's going on in this game. You know, if you're down with that type of humor, (laughs) I know we just spent a little bit you know wondering how you people exist but you know you're gonna love this <laughs> you're really like being nice to our audience here josh but <laughs> i mean if you're listening to bad end podcast and that's your sense of humor like you probably don't, aren't listening for that long anyway because we just have a totally different style you know what that's I'm saying? actually true yeah a different vibe you know or you can yeah. take it whenever we like make a joke about gamers every once in a while which we do we're gonna make for, you know i'm i'm a gamer i'm i'm a gamer <laughs> i game i've been doing this for a while um the other thing is the shooting just feels like shit sometimes um <laughs> <laughs> why are you even playing See, that's it a, uh, yeah that's that's a that's a no i sort like of the... stopped a little bit but the thing about this isn't that the point game is that like a lot of the bullets fly really freaking slow to you it's like why oh am I actually I, that that is something that bugs me is like slow bullet speeds yeah. i don't know what it is but if there's like if i don't feel that like that gun feel it's like half the speed good. of pharaoh rockets in overwatch <laughs> oh. some of them some of them are like hit scanny, that and look, that's, yeah, that, that feels kind of good. Um, but the thing is, like, you'll start a dungeon or a spaceship or whatever with one gun that they start you with, or you don't know. Like, you could choose any guns you want to start with, but like, there's a limit on how many you can carry into the dungeons. Blah blah blah. blah. Hmm. But if you decide, okay, I'm gonna choose a shotgun, which has like very good close range damage, or and then on my right hand, I'm going to have, like, a rocket launcher that has great splash damage, but it's, like, very slow and inaccurate. Then you go into a dungeon, and if you're fighting stuff that's, like, very far from you and very accurate, you're screwed because you're not never going to be able to hit it. And sometimes they'll throw, like, a really hard room at you that has exclusively things that are, like, good against the guns that you have with you. And there's, like, no way to know what you're going to encounter in the next room so sometimes you're just weak against anything you encounter and you're just going to be screwed which to me is an inherently annoying thing about this game that you kind of confront a lot of times because you just die continuously in this game like this shit happens in every single like ship that you go on maybe i need to Mm. get get good um i probably need to get good i think i'm pretty good but that's what's annoying about mother gunship it's some bullshit. Um, well, they're they're calling it a bullet hell game, which seems a little strange for a first-person shooter. 
Yeah. That, is it bullet hell? Like, why I think bullet said. hell? Because a lot I'm thinking, of the, like, curtains enemy, of the bullets. enemy bullets travel fairly slowly as well. Okay, so that's what that... Okay. And mm. you move pretty quickly. So half of it is about mm. dodging stuff. Um, but a lot of the time, bullet hell in first person... Also not a great idea, inherently, if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, I guess it. that's what I was getting. <laughs> Just the way that, like, yeah. platforming, not a great first-person idea. Bullet Hell is is kind of like that, too, because there's a Z-axis. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Not great. Not great. I, I seems feel like, like they're not probably... the wrong term. I was going to say, <laughs> it seems like they're really stretching that to mean just, like, a lot of bullets. Which, yeah, which you, like... that could describe so many things. A lot of bullets yeah, like, where a main bull, bull mechanic is, like, is dodging the bullets. I guess that's that's like hmm. very vague, though. I feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm just like limiting it to just like you know vertical axis type. You know, I'm dodging all these bullets and also shooting a billion things on the screen at once. Yeah, like Toho or uh, like Death Smiles or whatever. Death. What? Have you ever played Death, Smi- Death Smiles? It's like a Japanese game. I might be I'm not might be saying that name wrong. No, no, that that's it. That's another but... another cave one. Yeah. Dude, I got to play that. I love cave shooters. Treasure. It's pretty good. Um The other game I played was a little game from the creators of Rimmed Capsule and uh I I forgot what it's called. Twofold Ink. Twofold Ink. That's it. <laughs> uh, this game is called. Um, Astro, do you remember what the name of this game was? Because I forgot. Oh, Hold Down. <laughs> it's called Hold Down. Okay. Oh, yeah. H O L. And this actually, H O L E D O W N. And this one actually ties in with a little bit of what we talked about last week, uh, last episode two, which is it's like an indie reimagining it, it's just like an indie version of balls the game that i uh, have been right. talking about on this show for the better part of you know two years now probably like yeah or a year since, since this podcast came out i feel like i've been talking about balls which is a shitty game that is just like an arcade game where you try to get a high score you're bouncing balls to break bricks right um mm-hmm. and hold down same concept you're shooting balls at these bricks that have a number on them and if it has like a two you hit the ball or you hit the brick twice with balls in order to break the brick um there's some mechanics in this one that's like similar to bubble bobble where if you destroy a brick that's like holding other bricks though they will like fall down or i guess like up because you're shooting down it's it's a weird thing man but um I I actually kind of don't like that this has got that like balls has gotten a makeover and that it plays like quote better now mm-hmm. because they basically added screen shake to my precious balls like the old fucking um what's the screen shake people Vlambeer Vlambeer yeah God it like goes into slow motion the screen shakes it's like it's all the edges are round where like for some reason every uh, game that has like good design is like it's the edges are round edges yeah that's the whole thing now you use some like sans serif font and we're it's indie 
and there's like some little dude in the corner that's like it looks like a like a single uh, diglet guy except mm. he's white and he's got a face and he like talks to you and the other thing it has a leveling system where now it's like you start with one ball and then like you get 10 shots and then you see how many things you can break open and then you get currency and then you can upgrade the amount of shots that you get when you you go back in and then how many balls you get and then how like how many um how like deep you can go into the cave or whatever so it's basically you have to just keep playing the game and then the amount of stuff that you get ramps up which is totally like it defeats the purpose of something like balls where you're just trying to get better at the game over time instead this is like giving you carrots on a stick yeah that sounds stupid is screen shake is this coming in every time you like hit a brick yeah every time you break a brick specifically it slows down like oh you just hit the brick yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you prefer a a sort of uh ungroomed balls experience yeah give me the bare balls (laughs) give me just none of this crap on it yeah (laughs) you know that's fair yeah so it's like it is a little weird that you can essentially make like a clone of a game that no one respects if you're like (laughs) if you're going in that direction but if like the clone game is of a game that people like an indie game or something that's when you're gonna get in trouble right because you're saying this is essentially just a it's just a balls it's like a slightly shinier and like uh more frilly balls so it's not like you could do anything if you're ripping off like a cheap game mm-hmm. you know the balls is like the in this case balls is like the exploitation movies in the 70s that get like ripped off and disrespected but everyone's copying from them <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's i mean if you think and about the whole it down is kill bill <laughs> People have been doing this. <laughs> Kill Bill's or it's Jackie Brown or some shit. It's people have been doing this with these games. I mean, I guess for a while it was just arcade games where they're just mm-hmm. making like fancy versions of I mean, Balls itself is a kind of fancy version of Breakout, if you think about right. it. Yeah. Um and you know, anything from Tetris to like you know, Super Mario or Donkey Kong, mm-hmm. or Pac, maybe Pac Man. I guess I don't know. Yeah, Pac Man. Yeah. Maybe like Bejeweled. Aren't there like a shit ton of mobile games that are basically Bejeweled, but with like different skins? Yeah, yeah. I mean Candy Crush was like sort of that. Yeah. Yeah. Or or uh, the guy who did Hold Down, I guess. Or wait, no, sorry, Balls. The people who did Balls did Twenty Forty Eight. Oh yeah, Ketchup is okay. Ketchup is like the most perverse <laughs> group of people I've ever heard of in my entire life. Like all they do is hijack ideas, yeah. and or they'll just like they just come up with these crazy ideas. I don't know where they came from. Like three quarters of them are probably ripped, but some of them are probably kind of original. Mm-hmm. I now there's this company called Voodoo that's doing the same thing. They're the ones who ripped Donut County 
Oh, and yeah, I see yeah. that ad yeah, right. all the time on Instagram of the, the little mouth Same. in the ground that's eating. It's like, bet you can't eat an entire city. And I'm, but honestly, I'm sitting there like, that looks fucking fun, dude. I'm like, I want to play this shit. Like, I was about to click that, but I feel like I would be personally screwing over Ben Esposito, who has been tweeting about Donut County for such a long time now. Has a release date, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, like next month. Very yeah. exciting. And it has a I story mean, mode in it, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering if it's gonna be more like Katamari's story, mm. where it's like not really a story. It's like very vague, like in the background, like not. Yeah. Like there's like there's like very short cutscenes or something. You know, I'm imagining it will be like that. Well, which the... I think he's like directly compared it to like Domacy, so I feel like yeah. I could see it being pretty minimal. Is yeah. it for iOS? He hasn't exactly... Actually, yes. Yeah. He hasn't exactly rushed that one to market, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do think it is clear that he's been sort of ripped off, but also it's been around a long time. I don't know. It started out as, like, that racist game where someone was like, hey, <laughs> maybe don't make this racist. He was like, damn, good point. <laughs> <laughs> We're calling it Donut County now. <laughs> yeah, now it's being published by like Annapurna, which seems like sort of the big time for a game like that. I don't know. Mm. I'm just that makes me curious. Like, yeah, what it is because it for a while it seemed like you were just sort of digging around. Yeah, like it's yeah, just sort Anna, of a little thingy. Annapurna seems to be like this new, like super prestigious, like publishing. I guess kind of like their movies. I guess like they are yeah. like super highly curated, like. They had Gorogoa and mm-hmm. was Edith Finch under them, right? Yes, yeah, that was their first one. Edith yeah. Finch, and then they've God, got the her too. story, or not her story too, but the next thing from that guy. Oh yeah, and then Florence was like a big one. That was yeah. a mobile comic from earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So it's like they've like built up like this like suite of like super indie, like aesthetically pleasing like creative in some like monumental way like they're they're yeah. a pretty good like publishing studio for like keeping an eye on that i guess mm-hmm. and like building an interesting yeah I don't... library of games what do we call that now that it's like like annapurna is not <laughs> like a small outfit but these games yeah. are like, like was it's it not... double a single a yeah like i've heard like the word like triple i thrown out but it's more (laughs) towards like double fine studios and like these kind of like mid-tier development studios that aren't triple a but they're still working independently but have big teams of like 50 or more people right but but it's like these games are still being developed by just really small studios like i think giant sparrow or whatever was like Mm -hmm. 13 people or something and yeah it's like, Donut County's just Ben Esposito, as far as I know. Maybe a couple other people. But... Right. It's different from, like, Valve buying Campo Santo or something. Yeah, that's yeah, that was, like, a full acquisition or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, that happened. Forgot about yeah, that. that's so weird, right? That's, yeah. I always forget about that, and then someone will mention it, and I'm like, damn, that really happened. Like that. <laughs> that's weird. That new game they're making is going to be a Valve game, and that's, like, a weird thing to think yeah. about. Yeah. Really looking forward to the sequel, Donut Country. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> gamers love that joke. 
Uh-huh. All the gamers listening, they're <laughs> laughing right now. If you're a real gamer, you laughed, all right? Mm. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been Bad End Podcast, episode 28. <laughs> I gotta say, it is a weird theme that you were just talking about, hole down, and then donut counting is about uh, spreading your hole to swallow objects. A lot of holes. Hole, hole. A lot of swallowing. It's 2018, so you're the, the hole. Hell yeah. This is like the response to, you know, the year of the sticks. Mm-hmm. Guns, as it were. Yeah. Um, or, or I guess the year, was it? didn't people try and play up the year of the bow? Oh, yeah. Yeah, which penetrates and the hole receives. <laughs> Just a gaping <laughs> mouth asking for more buildings to eat um, <laughs> I'm so excited my hole can eat this whole city <laughs> I will tell you <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to this though Donut County I'm, I want to try one mm. of these eat em ups you know mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, named Honestly, it. I just named your goddamn video game category by the way <laughs> you're welcome Ben Esposito I've, I guarantee you that shit's gonna be in every single review like Eat eat them them up. Up. Yeah. yeah, I mean Now we just need we need manifold garden to drop and then it'll feel like a new world. <laughs> I we think cleared we out cleared out the pipeline. <laughs> manifold garden, baby. Oh. God. I, that game's never coming out. No, definitely. It's just not. like a cool looking gif maker. <laughs> That's pretty much all it is. Imagine not to go too far afield here, but like imagine spending I don't know, five, six years of your life on, like, a game where you, like, flip things upside down and, like, <laughs> press buttons. It got, it's got to, like, catch up with you. And then you start... Still? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you start, like, regretting it, but you're in so deep that you're like, no, I got to see this I can't turn back through. now. And then it starts getting, like, just so out of hand. You start talking to the press, and you're like, yeah everything you see here you can reach and you're like oh fuck i gotta make <laughs> 700 miles worth of like asher architecture and he's he's just in <laughs> over his head his website says it will be released 2016 <laughs> that's his personal website i feel like he's gotta like Aww. look at the screenshots himself though and that's a little inspiration to keep going it's like he's showing other people the screenshots for his own motivation just as much as yeah. for everyone else's amusement. Um, but I mean, I, I wish it has. It's been around forever, but I know at least one person who is going to love it, and I think we all know Kyle? his name. <laughs> no, I was this like, is true. Oh, starts with the G. I feel like it's the... ends with oh, Eric, like targeted oh, okay. advertisements, but with games. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah, that, that was definitely a Gareth game, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Another friend uh, of the but show. But speaking, oh, but to divert the conversation, Please. speaking of creators who promise too much and can't fulfill it. Speaking I've of Gareth playing, games. I've been playing No Man's Sky, <laughs> which uh, got a big update last week <laughs> with Next. And I feel like you know an update's like a big ass deal when it's either like a clean number, like 3.0, 2.0, mm. or if they just like have their own subtitle on it. So it's like yeah. No Man's Sky next, you know that shit's for real. Like you know there's there's some shit that's gonna be in there. 
and um no so (laughs) (laughs) it's i mean it's like i don't know i just feel like that game doesn't have anything fun to do like in like a stupid way like i feel like the whole point of it is like inventory management but the inventory management is not good so it's just like frustrating because you're constantly getting shit from mining shit but you have nowhere to put it unless you're building all this other shit and it's just like this horrific process and then there's like robots like flying robots that kill you and it's just like not oh is that is that new no, Sentinels, I think, were in the original, but they're uh-huh. still annoying, because yeah, played... they just, like, show up, and then you're like, well, fuck you. <laughs> it sucks. I played, like, ten minutes of No Man's Sky, Then it was like, shoot this rock with a laser. <laughs> I was that's like, a... I'm, I'm done. I'm that's good. The, that's about the entire game. Also, like, you're just shooting yeah. rocks with lasers. <laughs> it sort of looks like ass to me. Yeah, so, it's... I think what sucks is, like, for every really cool planet you see, you're seeing, like, nine really ugly ones. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I've found, like, two planets that are pretty much, like, the same. Like, I, I called them, like, twin planets in this, like, joke write-up I did. But, like, <laughs> they both had, like, this ugly-ass gray rock. They're both, like, lifeless planets. They both had these eggs that if you shot them, like, monsters came out. And they've had the same exact, like, materials. So I was like, these are the same planets! <laughs> Like, these are literally the same fucking planets. They just have, like, a different name. Like, very slight. And I'm like, this literally is the same. I don't Re- know. Like, procedurally assets. generated, sure. But, like, yeah. they look the insane. They breathe the same. They have the same, like, monsters. Like, what's the fucking point? Like, I don't... I don't know. Like, I can see what people are getting out of it. Because, like, I can see the real relaxation of just, like, you know, a simple management, like, mining for shit game. But... It's just so fucking tedious. Like, if you want to, yeah, if you run relaxing. out of fuel, it sounds yeah, like, like fiddly, you... and like the controls are fucking broken, and like it's just yeah, it's like running into corners every time you're trying to do <laughs> something. It's it, it performs horribly on PS4. I don't know if like PC is like way better, which I imagine it is, but it stutters like fucking well, that, a lot. And... Once you you gotta play it, you gotta play it at 120 FPS. That's true. Yeah, I and got, then I got uncaps uh, yeah it just it really opens 4k up. it's like when you get a like a porsche above like 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. yeah and then, then you're like now it's <laughs> no, great yeah. now no, I, I feel it yeah will you all indulge me in a little bit of a thought experiment here mm. <laughs> i'm i'm thinking a lot about i feel like maybe no man's sky is one of those games where the gap between what people expected and what came out was just the one of the biggest of all time, like just the largest chasms ever left in a game like that. And I want to think of like an alternate reality, okay, in which Sean Murray and the team at Hello Games had just come from just somewhere entirely different and how people might look at this game differently had it launched under different circumstances just as a way of kind of you know figuring out how these things actually influence like the way that we perceive games when we buy them right okay so imagine you you guys know how the previous game that hello games had made before no man's sky was like joe danger or some shit it was like about it was like 
an iOS game about like a dude on a motorcycle who did stunts, and it was like a two D side scrolling game. This is this is actually the game they made before No Man's Sky. Okay, Um, I don't don't remember if it was exactly called Joe Danger, but I'm pretty sure it was. Let's say I think yeah. Let's say they Joe Danger was like actually like it was a really shit. It was actually like a pretty well produced game. It was smooth. It had like. It played pretty well. Imagine it was just like something that was half as good, just a little iOS experiment, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, we're trying something a little bit different. We're trying a little procedurally generated thing. We're going to have like a bunch of different planets. Except Sean Murray is like, imagine Sean Murray is like Lucas Pope, where he's just this like ultra careful. He His dev logs are like excruciatingly boring. And there's like two screenshots in like a 30 page devlog where he's just talking about like how he makes the light <laughs> come through on like a single isn't... planet <laughs> speaking of lucas pope isn't his game supposed to come out this year you right? know what the point is who fucking knows <laughs> who cares it'll come out and it'll be pretty cool but i can wait yeah. you know what i'm saying same mm, i see i i feel like no man's sky should have launched as early access like it seemed like so because it was a Sony thing at first. Like oh, I think Sony right. helped fund it, so I think Sony really screwed them over because yeah. they super over marketed it, mm-hmm. and I think people's expectations were like AAA game, even though it was like an independent studio. Yeah. So like it like people were mad to have multiplayer or like the multiplayer <laughs> they expected, and like I honestly feel like the multiplayer is not good because. You can have people join your game, but, like, if you guys, like, build a base together, it's only in, like, the like the person hosting the game's, like, game. So it seems, like, pretty pointless because there's nothing to really do in a group except yeah. just do what you do solo. It makes zero sense to me. I don't understand why anyone would It should have been the exact same process that was behind everything. Because that game is, like, if you think about the scope... It's pretty similar. They both had like a lot of stuff behind them that was like really cool. But maybe in the moment, it's not like a quote fun game, but there's like a lot to explore, a potentially infinite amount there for you to check out. Um, but, you know, what's his name? Tim, Tim O'Reilly, is that his name? Uh, David O'Reilly. David, o- yes. David O'Reilly. He he wasn't like promising the world to people like you can be a cop and fucking arrest civilians. <laughs> you can like, <laughs> you could be a bear and maul and like hunt other animals. You could be a cell and it's a puzzle game. Like he wasn't saying shit like that. You know, I can, I'm imagining this game. If, like you were a fucking cop now. <laughs> it's like battlefield hardline is a mini game inside of everything. <laughs> And then when he dropped down to the cellular level, it's like some Luminous-esque fucking rhythm (laughs) game. Dude, that sounds sick, Josh. You should head your own studio. I need to start promising games to people like that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Do it. Get funding and then just embezzle it and run away. (laughs) So I think I actually don't remember like why people started like frothing at their mouth for No Man's Sky. But Katie, I think you're right. It was like Sony who like whipped people into a frenzy, right? Because they started marketing it. And then even people who like really should have known better 
there was no way to write about the game without writing about like all these talking points. And it was like every lead was like six billion planets procedurally generated, all this stuff. So it just got like drilled into everyone's heads, even people who were like nominally like more serious critics as opposed to like whatever else. But yep. and that that tone still persists today. We still have to talk about No Man's Sky in terms of like, well, how is it improving? How's the team? Like, recalibrating, everything has to do with, like, that initial hype cycle. To a degree that I don't think I've really ever seen in a game. Especially a game where the end product is, the end product is sort of just, like, fairly underwhelming by any standard. <laughs> Except, like, sheer volume. Well, even then it was, like, the people who were asking about, like, what actually happens in the game was, like... It, the question was, was, like, well, what do you do? Well, what do right. you like? What do you do in the game? That classic, classic query. What do you do in the game? What is this game? <laughs> and, Sean, and Sean Murray couldn't just be like, "Well, you fucking, you just go and look at planets and mine stuff to like build other spaceships." Like, what do you right. do? Because then everyone would be like, "Wait, why did Sony say all this other shit if all you do is fucking shoot rocks <laughs> and look at things?" The, which is kind of what you do, right? As far as shoot I shoot rocks and meditate. Yeah. Mm. yeah i mean like i feel like in the late game i totally get why people are super into it like i know a lot of people that really dig it but i feel like the problem is like it does lie in the marketing maybe they like promised too much and it disappointed people and it like didn't set like realistic expectations for like the size of their team and what they could accomplish in that probably rush time span because they're working with sony so i imagine they probably have like a hard deadline and obviously sony doesn't really have like an early access op mm -hmm. option so it's kind of like they got kind of boned yeah on that. i was just gonna say didn't they talk the team about like being super like overworked and stuff i can't i mean i'm assuming that's the case just because everybody is but i feel like sean murray specifically had like some mental health stuff that was like yeah, Maybe. I mean, I can imagine because he was getting yeah. like harassed. They like, were all yeah, getting he was, harassed. Like, the face yeah. Of it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think it's possible that people who enjoy <clears throat> No Man's Sky are just more sophisticated than both of you? It's possible. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I just like <laughs> if your game has a gun in it, I expect it to feel good to shoot, and if it doesn't feel good to shoot, what the fuck is the point? Why do you have a gun? Damn. And that's like honestly like a, that's like a I'm saying that jokingly Hard but line. I also mean that like realistically yeah, like what's like, even the point? Yeah. Like there should be, I feel like that I would like that game a lot more if there was no combat at all. And I feel like I run into it. I didn't know there was ways a lot. combat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like these sentinels that like shoot you and then there's like monster or like there's like ant natural wildlife that will like attack you and shit. So it's like it's not fun in those situations. It's just like annoying as you try to fly away, yeah, and it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, uh, and there's space combat. Like enemy ships will like flank you and shit, and just like ambush you. And it's like this isn't fun. This is not fun at all. No man's sky. But yeah, so, no man's sky. I mean, it's a free update. So well, it's yeah, like, waiting on that next update to really yeah polish things off. No Man's Sky Reborn. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like they just go full sequel, but also, I mean, they could also just keep updating this forever. Who cares? Can you imagine? There's nothing they want to do more than leave that goddamn game alone. Oh, probably. They, like, 
I feel like they'll probably keep supporting it yeah. in the short term and then maybe do something else. It's like a deadbeat kid, you know? It's like you gotta keep <laughs> supporting them, but... They have to pay their child support to No Man's <laughs> yeah. Sky. Uh, Asher, did you? What did you play this week? If there's anything you feel like strong enough uh, about talking about, I've been playing Metal Gear Solid Two. Uh, a few mm-hmm. months ago, I played through Metal Gear Solid One. Um, and I had never played it before. I got when I was a kid. I got it on PC. And there's, like, that first level in the first game where you're, like, you come out of the water and there's, like, the room with all the crates and shit. And I never got past that level. Not even that level. Yeah. I never got past that room because I was always, like, well, I can't just shoot these guys. And, like, (laughs) continue. So I just did not understand the premise, I guess. (laughs) But actually, yeah, I played a few months ago. I actually really, really liked it. And it felt, like... uh, innovative and like fresh in ways that like people haven't picked up on i guess it like just felt very cued in on like genre stuff yeah then because he's like really zooming in on random genre shit that he's not doing is it's it just gets more separated in the later games with right. him like pontificating and trying to be a good writer and all this shit but in the first one like it's almost it's campy it's like a little off kilter it's yeah. funny and he's like yeah, really honing like, in all that stuff. Yeah, like the setup is like super fast, and then as the game goes on, like some of the weirdness creeps in. I think I'm writing, uh, it's on Metal Gear, and I'm writing about like the boss fights in the game and sort of the general atmosphere is like super. It reminded me of like gothics, like gothic fiction specifically. And there's a lot of stuff in the game where, like, every boss is like taunting Snake and like specifically like queer ways like the the gray fox boss fight he's like screaming at you to like hurt him uh (laughs) the vulcan raven boss fight snake is like calling him like a big boy and there's like (laughs) just all these like very specific bits of language that seem like they're trying to like undermine the like classic action hero which i think snake is obviously coded as and then the whole game is like no, he's actually a guy who like doesn't know anything and is constantly asking questions and is uh not even an individual in like the snake pliskin sense, like he's a clone in the end. And there's like a little bit of that Kojima like word vomit, but it's really pretty minimal in that game. It's like the one speech from Liquid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like maybe halfway into Metal Gear Solid 2. It's not like popped off yet, but I'm really liking just like the animation and stuff it feels like really like just the jump from one to two is crazy yeah i remember metal gear solid 2 when that shit came out it was mind-boggling animation and (laughs) graphics and detail like i i could not really fathom what i was seeing and i feel like it kind of laid the groundwork for how good the rest of the series is from a fidelity standpoint everything is that like tight shit like yeah when you first look down your sights and the rain is mm-hmm. falling on your gun it's yeah like, how is yeah. on ps2 what the hell <laughs> the things that they pay attention to are like very representational in that like they're not rendering everything realistically but like the stuff that they do render gives you that physicality i think even in the first game like mm-hmm. the snow and the blood and the you know taking the pills to like stay warm and just all these things that they pay attention to to make it feel like embodied 
as opposed to just like here's a video game world it's like a bunch of stuff that's like really really specific and it feels really crazy i think that's a really that's a great point that you bring up about like the strengths of hideo kojima games is that he's very good at picking mechanics that will help to like bring forth like the fidelity of the world that he's trying to create or whatever he's trying to focus on for that particular game specifically yeah for instance like in metal gear solid 3 there's a whole like survival system Mm -hmm. which there's been survival systems that have been done better than that before but like it was always something you kind of had to pay attention to so that you're not like running out of stamina and shit like that and making sure all of your camouflage is just right um (laughs) But in the first one, yeah, you're right. Like the the kinds of things that he's choosing to pay attention to, and like put detail into the game is the kinds of stuff that like it colors the way that you see it, even if it's not yeah. something that you're encountering in the moment. Yeah. Like all the yeah, shit it's like the f- the psychomantis fight. Like when you yeah, I was gonna it. say that's like that was crazy, and then the bit where. Uh, you have to look on the back of the CD case to find Meryl's frequency because Campbell is like, Snake, you gotta you gotta look on the back of the CD case. And you have an item at that point called, like, CD case. So you're like, what the fuck do I do with this? And then if you look at the back of the case, there's a screenshot of her codex screen with the... It's like a very big subtitle, like, clearly different from the game ones. It's like, Meryl. And then oh, that's okay. how you find her frequency. And just stuff like that. There's a bunch of mechanics in two also that are like really clever and like like uh I think the first time in two that you get uh like found out by the guards there's like a new system where they like sweep the area and you hide in this room and there's like a conspicuous box of cantaloupes or something mm-hmm. and like obviously when you walk in you're going to be like hey can I break these so if you break the cantaloupes and then they know you're in there so even if you're like hiding under the cardboard box they will find you because you left evidence mm. of your presence. God, but crazy. it's like, yeah, it's like sort of playing on that, like, well, fucking with the player thing, but in like a way more casual and fun way than like Bioshock or something. Right. By the way, Bioshock, Bioshock is such a fucking ripoff of that first Metal Gear Solid game. Like the twist <laughs> in that game that Master Miller is Liquid Snake is the same fucking twist in Bioshock where the guy on the radio is uh, Atlas or whatever. Yeah. That's and it's not I didn't as good. Think of that. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I was playing through it. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I've played this before. <laughs> yeah. It's funny too because like there's for every one of those little details that they put into a Metal Gear Solid game, there's a thousand that aren't there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you only know about them because they exist and because someone at some point was like, "Hey, did you know that if this, if you yeah. do this, and it makes the game feel." like immensely detailed even though like Kojima's only only coming up with like a few of these brilliant little clever inclusions in these games that just like help to flush out like in Metal Gear Solid there's like if you there's like ice cubes and they melt in real time if you go back later (laughs) that's cool Um, if you shoot the ravens before the Vulcan raven boss fight he's like you killed my ravens or something (laughs) <laughs> and it's like another one of those things where they tease you with something that's clearly going to bait you into doing something because it's a video game. And then mm. they, they like address it or they clock it or something. It's just like a little touch. Right. But yeah, good stuff. And I've been playing a lot of Overwatch, which is a 2016 first person competitive shooter from a studio called Blizzard. 
Um, is that triple I? Like we were talking about earlier? Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. sort of, you know, straddling that middle ground. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys watch the the finals? I did. Game? Yeah. I was rooting for Philadelphia and they did not win. <laughs> so they did they defended. They did really did bad. <laughs> they did like horrible i think they won like the first match and that was Mm -hmm. or like the first like like map or whatever and then they just got rolled over for the rest of the finals and it was like yikes yeah um i sort of fell off toward the middle of the season because it was extremely long and like at the point where i like stopped watching i was like damn soul are gonna take this whole thing and then i came back and i was like wait what the fuck (laughs) like soul was totally out and spitfire were like coming back and i was like okay so i tried to get like caught up but it was mostly going in fairly blind to the finals and yeah philly got like pretty stomped there was that piece by nicole who y'all had on the last episode where she talked to the fusion about like getting emotional and stuff and like getting tilted and i think writing was on the wall with that one (laughs) yeah with a lot of these like with finals i i feel like i rarely see them really 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 come down to the wire um at least with a lot of league of legends stuff where it's like korea versus a different region i think it's cool that overwatch at least doesn't have that as much because it's not separated by regions and like koreans can kind of face anyone (laughs) um but i guess like in the overwatch world cup it it might be that way is that sorry i I don't really know i don't know what that is even (laughs) i think it's just like the (laughs) it's separated by country i believe oh okay the the one thing I will say about watching Overwatch, which I think I'm more positive on than a lot of people in like our circle, but I do think there's a problem with the game when it gets into like the end of a match or the end of a round or whatever, and just the like the layout of those skirmishes is just so static, I feel like, because you have the one team on the payload the other team trying to bump them off basically up for long enough for overtime to run out. And then that that phase can be over so quickly and so anticlimactically that like it could be luck or it could be like a good play, but it just feels like everything builds to this moment and that moment passes and you're like, wait, hold on. I don't know. Maybe it's because you're not like in the arena or whatever and at home you can't really yeah, pop I... like that, but... I, I feel like I've kind of always struggled with watching Overwatch competitively. Like, I feel like it's just hard to follow what's going on sometimes. And, yeah. like, uh, maybe I, that's from me as someone who plays Overwatch, like, super casually. Mm-hmm. But, like, I watched at the beginning of the season, and then I watched, like, starting with the semifinals because I was curious who would go on. And I feel like the Philly and NY, the New York Excelsior match was, like, super good. Like, that, it was, like, really surprising because Philadelphia, like, really brought it, and then they right. ended up beating them, which was, like, super unexpected. Like, I think Nicole, on our episode last week, or two weeks ago, I guess, uh, I think she said that she was anticipating New York to go on because they had, like, this party set up. Like, they had pretty much, like, banked on being at the finals, and then they yeah. didn't make it, which is really, <laughs> like, kind of funny in a way. It's like, yeah. that's sad, but, you know... Uh, 
So that's, like, why I was rooting for Phillies, because I thought that match was, like, really exciting, and I was hoping they would, like, also bring it, but yeah. then they just got destroyed, like, a lot, so. Yeah. The, um, the camera work, like, got, like, noticeably better, I think, since they started broadcasting more yeah, widely. Yeah, definitely. I, but the, I agree with that. Yeah, like, who they choose to follow at certain times, and, like, sometimes that is, like, a little confusing. Yeah, like and you'll I feel see... like they focus on, like, DPS players. Yeah, I was just where gonna say I that wish <laughs> it would be on, like... I would like like to see some, like, tank play, which I feel like super underrated in general, or mm-hmm. even, like, supports. I feel like it always just focuses on, like, who the fucking, like, Tracer is. Or yeah, it's like <laughs> Widow, Tracer, is, you know? Genji. Yeah. And Hanzo. then it, like, will flick to... Yeah, Yeah. Hanzo. It's so weird to see Hanzo in competitive play again, because he... Like, I feel like this time last year everyone hated Hanzo just in general and now he's like fucking like a pro like he if you're not playing Hanzo on your team like your team yeah, sucks. you can fuck off yeah. <laughs> yeah you know who people hate though is a little girl called Mercy yeah um I just read that people Blizzard always are, hate Mercy yeah they're quote-unquote fixing a bug where Mercy was able to damage boost like dragon strike and stuff and that's been in the game since they launched, so I feel like calling that a bug <laughs> is a little disingenuous because people have been yeah, using like that for two years. Thing. And then they're also they're docking her healing by ten points, which I guess is meant to like force people to use other healers, but also I don't know. People use the same She's DPS support, players all the time you know? too. Like there's just such a weird tone when it I'm not gonna go like as far as certain folks do on this one but there's a weird tone when it comes to mercy discussion like that she undoes like the hard work of a soldier or something whereas no one's like yeah. yo uh tactical visors uh way overpowered because they killed five guys last match like people don't talk about it like that or like dragon strike needs to be murfed <laughs> it needs to be nerfed because it's like effective i don't know it's like mercy is like constantly being bumped around and her new ult is basically useless most of the time and like i just why don't they just cut her from the game at this point like <laughs> yeah her new i don't like her ult at all like i it's just yeah it's like it doesn't make all any the sense. other ults basically yeah, yeah. it's like supercharger yeah. or it's like uh just yeah it just boosts also something. Yeah, that that the new Symmetra rework is also like really baffling. Like her new ultimate is like she just like creates yeah, this she... giant like wall shield for yeah. like fifteen seconds. It makes, and it covers like, no like sense. the whole map, like literally the whole it's... game world. <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a it's such a yeah, and it's like so short. It's like it has like a big like time span, but like or like a uh, life like whatever shield yeah. life, but it's like so short. Like, it will yeah. be done in 15 seconds, so what's even the point? And if you're on yeah. a payload, that's going to instantly be nullified the moment the payload moves through it. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, such a weird... Super static. And then having her, yeah. like, throw turrets is something yeah. that they just suggested they want to do with Torbjorn, too. Is, like, have him no. toss a turret. So that's, like, <laughs> that's the new Overwatch thing is going to be people throwing, <laughs> throwing static turrets, placements. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway... Uh, I don't know. I play a lot of competitive and stuff. I'm super bad because I'm on PS4 and it's just a cesspool of people who like, if you get into a game, they'll either, someone will leave your team in like the first 10 seconds and you'll have to quit or someone on your team 
it'll be like down to like one second till the match starts, and you're like, what are they gonna pick? And then they fucking they'll pick like Widowmaker or Hansa, yeah. and it's like, okay, <laughs> no one wants to play support. People will yell at you on the mic. It's just hell. Yeah, so, I don't like yep. playing competitive on PS4, and I've like quick, considered quick getting a P- even like worse, a PC though. copy. Yeah. yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't really play as much Overwatch as I used to, so it's kind of pointless for me to get another copy of it. So I just kind of stick to quick play and arcade because right. yeah. fuck it. <laughs> that new hamster though. Oh yeah, Hammond. Uh, <laughs> he's interesting. They. Uh, I- I, I'm kind of excited about it because I feel like the past few heroes I've introduced have all just been fucking like these weird like hybrids of other heroes you know like Arisa yeah. is kind of like a Reinhardt like yep. but can move faster and shit and like I feel like a lot of the heroes have been just repeats or like just a bunch of other abilities that we've seen across other heroes but realigned Yeah, and I feel right. like Hammond or Wrecking Ball I don't know what he goes by but like <laughs> His whole thing, I, I think it's really interesting how he can just, like, literally be a wrecking ball, like, just link that rope somewhere and just swing around. Like, that's such, a, like, a cool idea. Yeah. I'm horrible with it, <laughs> but I feel like I'm really excited to see people who are, like, really good with it to, like, yeah. make it really cool. And then his alt is, like, I think kind of interesting. Like, the minefield thing, he can just... Yeah, yeah. It's, like, you can technically shoot all of them, but in, like, the middle of a fight, it can catch you off guard. Also, when you kill him, the hamster falls out of the ball, and like yeah, the hamster great. is like a ragdoll <laughs> object, and he's like flopping out dead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> What's he alt? He like drops like fifteen it's bombs, like a, wait, sort of in a yeah area around him. They're like trip mines, kind of. So yeah. it's like if you're in that vicinity, you're kind of fucked. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's a cool idea. It's a good idea because you can shoot them kind of like vertically too. So you yeah. can have like a wall of them if you want or like yeah. a horizontal area. It's like, it's pretty clever. I don't know. It's like, it feels like different, which is like what I've been wanting from an Overwatch hero for a long yeah. time. <laughs> Since I Doomfist, do, I guess. I do really like Brigitte. Yeah, Brigitte's pretty I think cool. she's like one of the more interesting heroes because you can really flex with her. And she, her health is not so high that she's like impossible to get rid of but a really good player is tough to get around but yeah that's overwatch overwatch <laughs> update all right i think uh that's the first half of that end for us unless anyone else has anything to add i don't think all right. so we're no. gonna take a quick break we'll be right back see ya been getting some reader mail um we have a few for this week uh we're gonna start out with one from Stephen s Stephen s says uh subject line justifying price i do hate the trend of AAA developers feeling they have to hit a certain hour account and graphics quality in order to justify their audience to their audience that they can spend 60 dollars at launch 
um, blah, blah, blah. I wrote about it a little bit earlier this year to so about how so many big games need someone to come in and ask why does this section exist and tell them to make cuts to make the game better. I can sympathize a bit with the mindset going into it because when I was in high school, I would walk up to Game Crazy and pick out whatever cheap game had the most hour count as determined by IGN's old replayability box in the reviews, which a lot of sites still do have, I feel. Um, people want the most bang for their buck even if that bang is mediocre. I do think games media is partly to blame since most mainstream criticism is super consumer focused mentioning the price and whether or not it's justified even though in two weeks it'll be 25% off and in six months in a discount bargain bin. Yeah. Um, we talked about this a bit a couple weeks ago but I yeah that's pretty much where I stand where it's just like so much of the way that we talk about games is like whether it's worth the sixty dollars yeah and i think that's just because of the fact that video games cost sixty dollars <laughs> but then like when i think like that's that's the whole thing is like it's as everybody was paying for games like in a humble monthly bundle people they would care less about how much content was in it and they would care more about like whether the content was actually good or not yeah i i don't know if anyone else anything to add to that yeah i feel like <laughs> like the games being 60 dollars is like super prohibitive like i don't buy new games i like have to try and strangle them out of pr or like wait for like patreon money to come through like i just can't afford 60 dollars for something that i'm gonna play regret playing and then struggle to say anything about because it's total bullshit like i think that the 60 dollar price point has been like burnt into people's foreheads so now they'll like accept anything at the point of purchase and then later be like yo that wasn't worth it but they'll never be like maybe i shouldn't get it i feel like there's also this i'm gonna call it the 60 dollar fallacy which every gamer <laughs> treats every game as if it costs sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah. So when they bought like fucking mountain or whatever, and then they were just complaining like I wasted my goddamn like ninety nine <laughs> cents on this game. Like you know how much shit you buy for a dollar that is just yeah. utter shit. Like, yeah. At least this Starbucks is like artistic. Is like five bucks. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's one it's a fifth of the spending two dollars, <laughs> but they treat it as if since every game they're expecting uh -huh. to pay this much money, they're being like personally put out by the fact that David O'Reilly like made a game where you don't have to like take care of this thing. It kind of like exists without you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. There's not, and then when uh, I think like video game publications write about like financials at like studios and publishers there's like i think there's a growing tendency to like question that a little bit or like push back on the line that you're given or provide some context but there's still a lot of like direct essentially direct pipeline from like what the publisher wants consumers to hear and what consumers end up hearing because it's just sort of reprinted and that helps perpetuate like the idea of value around games being sort of set in stone. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, the whole $60 is not enough to fund a game thing anymore mm -hmm. is definitely a message that they want you to know yeah. so that you will 
so that you know the reason why they're charging you for DLC is mm-hmm. because 60 bucks is like already pretty actually low for what it costs us to do this shit and yeah. to like keep it going the way it's supposed to be going yeah. um, in the industry right now. And the only answer, of course, is to keep making games where like 80% of it is outsourced and like uh, it's 60 hours long. There's no other option, so uh, <laughs> it's got to be this way. <laughs> I think that's why people get so pissed off and like uh, why free-to-play stuff just makes everyone's brains explode because they're like, wait, like what? How? What is my fucking money? Like, I spent $8,000 the past two months on loot boxes. Wait, this is your fault. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a weird something weird going on with the way that gamers spend their money and then they i just feel like it typically happens where they're like blaming it on someone else not that there should like not that there shouldn't be um not that they shouldn't get rid of like scummy practices when it comes to loot boxes and shit like that because i don't want to make it i don't want to you know victim blame here in those cases but i definitely think that there's some people who are like misportraying the situation because you know they want yeah cheaper a cheaper dlc package (laughs) right yeah i think there was always like a parallel thing happening of like loot boxes are designed to exploit people who are like prone to gambling or like impulsive spending and then sort of the larger conversation for some reason was just like loot boxes aren't good for the game and it was just like very vague and sort of like uh not helpful because it was one of those things where like once you start talking about it it was like this is interminable (laughs) and then you have like the one studio who everyone just like lionizes because they don't like it's always yeah yeah they're like like, no loot boxes they're they're making games the way it's supposed to be made like yeah no they're giving all this fucking free dlc they're no their children are have seen them in months because they're giving us all this content for free, bro. Yeah. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it used to be in the old days. None of this fucking work-life balance with loot boxes bullshit. Um, yeah, it's like the when CD Projekt showed that Cyberpunk trailer, there was like that one frame of text where everyone was like, what does this say? And it was like a bunch of like sort of like pc master race bullshit about like single player only baby no loot boxes no multiplayer (laughs) it's just all like these gamer dog whistles about like (laughs) our game is like the old days which i'm sure it's gonna be fun but that sort of like rhetoric about like what makes a game inherently good is bunk yeah i totally agree um all right, we've we've definitely talked about some price stuff uh, in the past episodes. So let's move on to the next one. Subject line: Why so serious? From Ethan G. Oh, um, thanks, Ethan. Oh, I wonder show. who this is. Uh, wow, <laughs> <laughs> mystery. Okay, first question: Would you rather spend a whole week watching The Dark Knight or a whole week reading about it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you like might have clicked special... the wrong email. See if there's another one in there. <laughs> I actually, so I, I could speak to this <laughs> because 
I uh, got, as someone who has done both, <laughs> I, we didn't come out with an episode last week as we were supposed to because I was very sick with a uh, foodborne illness. I was, you know, puke. I, I was all in a bad way last week, um, and because of that, I ended up watching HBO. And Inception came on, and I ended up watching all of Inception. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, it was on. It was the only watchable thing on the TV. And you let me say, it didn't age very well to me. That movie is not good. No. That movie is not good. I think good. you might prolong your illness by dude. sitting through that. <laughs> Yo, that movie. Wow. Yeah. Nolan that is. That dude is I, full of shit. I'm going to. This might be a hot take, but I don't think Nolan's a good director. Like, I just don't. Yeah. I don't get it. Like everything, like I, I, I honestly like the Dark Knight. I feel like Dark Knight's pretty good. Like I think it's a little too long, and the Two Face stuff's like not that great. But I feel like it's a pretty good movie. Like people say it's shit, and I'm like, I don't really agree with that. I feel like it's probably like one of the better Batman movies. But like everything else that dude's done, I'm like, why? I why do people love him? At the end, when it. like they're like literally like six layers deep <laughs> into a dream, and it's like. No, like someone died and they're like, I have to go into his dream now. And they're like, we're in a different dream. And then if you guys remember, like they go so deep into the dream states that it's like there's a car falling. Like there's a car falling off a bridge that's falling for like half an hour because they're in just varying levels of dreams. Right. That like pat elapse slowly more yeah, slowly as you go yeah. down the levels and then like at the very bottom level where like reality finally begins to erode it's going at like three years as a single second or some shit like that oh yeah the age makeup like, that they do there yeah oh my <laughs> god it's like what so and, and it's just like yeah. this thing where he try he has these like crazy insanely complex like plots and rules in these this universe that he then tries to like convert into saying something like terrifyingly heart-wrenchingly human Mm -hmm. where it's like i did grow old with you when we were eight (laughs) thousand layers deep in a dream where time elapsed at one hundredth of a second like what dude like you you got leo and marion cotillard to do this shit for you in front of the camera and not look dead in the eyes like how did you pull this shit dude like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, uh, I do think that bit with the van is, like, impressive on, like, a technical level that he's, like, cross-cutting these things together and it's, like, totally coherent. But I think he overdetermines that stuff to such an extent that it never feels cool. It just feels like an exercise. Like, yeah. it's, it's just... Like, he's, and like, he's constantly reminding it, you, like, yeah. don't forget, like... When the kick comes back, the one that you described at the beginning of the movie, and everyone wakes up, and but it has to happen on every single level. Right. So we're gonna, it's good. We're gonna show that to you. So yeah. what you're gonna be seeing is it's gonna be just they're gonna bring it back to reality, and then everyone's gonna wake up. So yeah. Just, you're prepared. I mean, his whole. And then there's two yeah. things that he like didn't explain that like you're remembering as it comes <laughs> up, and you're like, oh my god, he's brilliant. I had forgotten <laughs> about that mechanic that he explained earlier in the movie. Yeah. It's like the movie contains like a tutorial for the movie. <laughs> yes. Like the Exactly. I think the um his whole thing with Inception was like he talked all this shit about like 
the best part of heist movies is talking about the heist before you plan it and all this shit. And it's like, no, it's not, dude. It's the fucking heist. And you can tell in the movie, he <laughs> yeah, tries to it's do all those how scenes. It comes together. Yeah, he tries to do all those scenes where it's like they're talking. Of course, it's cross cutting forward to actual like perpetration of the heist and stuff. And it's just not cool or like exciting or fun or it's not even surreal. And it's about dreams. It's just like this dry endless thing even that fucking hallway sequence yeah. like if you actually watch that it's God, such a fucking yeah. mess like none of it makes any sense on like a cutting level and it's just the dark knight has a bunch of that too i think but also the stakes are just so low too. right yeah at the end yeah. it's like oh they're just trying to plant an idea in a business guy's mind yeah and of course it's Who like some cares yeah it's like some diluted like citizen kane shit where he's like i'm human all along or whatever he's like my dad <laughs> 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 yeah. that was the idea they had to pl- they Jesus. literally had they couldn't just have someone talk to the guy yeah and be like you that's the other way to like incept someone is you just fucking have a conversation and be like hey bro you think christopher your dad knows how before he died he told though. me this whole movie I mean, is he's already being a con like, artist yeah <laughs> this whole movie is him being like i don't know how to communicate with people dude like <laughs> i wish i could just go in their heads and tell them what i want <laughs> So I think the answer to Ethan G's question is we'd rather spend a week reading about it than watching it. Yeah, um, uh, I guess. <laughs> the Dark Knight, that is. Not Inception. Yeah, he... Uh, but I think it's the same yeah. concept. There was that um, sort of like that marquee piece they did at Polygon that kicked off their Dark Knight week. And like, literally at the end of this article... It just dropped this line that was like, whether you think the Dark Knight is good or it's terrible, you have to agree that it was pretty good. It's like this total, it like starts off as like, you know, sort of like even handed so you don't lose the reader or whatever, even though it's like obviously an opinion piece. And then by the end of the sentence, he's like worked himself back into like telling you how great it is. So it's like, why bother trying to equivocate? You have a whole week about this thing. Like, it's so weird. You gotta admit, it's worth talking about for a whole week. If if yeah. we're judging by the IMDb ranking, yeah, top one hundred film, definitely a movie oh. that has never been discussed to death. Okay, we have Ethan sent two questions. I was only the first one. Oh, okay. oh. The second question is, <laughs> but also, what's the <laughs> what's the biggest mistake all these games with crafting systems make? Ark, Conan, State of Decay 2, The Forest, Rust, Fortnite, etc. The biggest mistake? The biggest mistake they make. Inventory management. I feel like if you're going to have crafting, you have to have good inventory management. I feel like that's kind of a given, but it's honestly shocking how many games have horrible inventory management. Like, it's baffling. So you, you would think, like... When you're setting out to make, like, a survival crafting bullshit game or whatever, like, your two things on, like, a big whiteboard would be, okay, inventory and crafting. And then you, like, have, like, a Venn diagram where they come in the center and you have to, like, make them work. But some, they just, like, leave the circles, like, separate. Like, they, those, they're just on separate planets. And it... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like with... Like, I, I really like the long dark. I feel like the long dark is, like... 
thinks logically about survival and like crafting and that type of stuff and I feel like that's why I like it whereas I feel like a lot of one other games don't have that like naturalistic uh almost lean to it which I, I mean they don't all have to have that like logic to mm-hmm. it but I mean Long Dark I've also never had a problem with like inventory with that game uh yeah. whereas I think a lot of other games like my inventory is full I'm like a hoarder like what do I do what do I need to drop yeah. and then also like knowing what you need to craft like having recipes or whatever I feel like that really helps out because yeah. I know there's a lot of games that like No Man's Sky doesn't have that really it's more like just you click a button in your inventory but there's no like okay well I need to craft this so what do I need to collect for that there's like none of that type of stuff which is really annoying interesting I think part of the thing to me that is that crafting has become such a calcified exercise where it always looks like the same thing yeah and that thing is always more collecting yeah um than yeah. crafting it's just like <laughs> okay, you have a list of ingredients and you just go out and fucking collect those things. So it's just a vehicle for exploration Um, as opposed to crafting. Like there's not really a a sense of creativity, a sense of synthesis, a sense of like reaping the rewards of what you've done. I think one of the things that made Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild cool was that like you would make stuff and, and something would come out and then you could actually use it in the world to do things, you know, to, to varying effects. Like, you know, when you would put together stuff that like helped you stay warm when it was cold outside or whatever. Like those are like cool little applications for things. But I really wish that crafting as a venture. And, and I think this is like something that, for instance, Minecraft did really well. Was that like actually finding stuff and creating it was useful. Like you didn't know what was going to happen. That you would kind of like make the shapes of what you wanted to create in your inventory and that like element of synthesis even though in minecraft it was extremely rudimentary um it felt like you were actually like building something as opposed to just collecting things and that like the things that you did create had purpose and they were all very like specialized in specific purposes and i feel like crafting as as a mechanic has just devolved into like you collect stuff it gives you more of the shit that is already in this world. Like yeah. it gives you more guns or it gives yeah. you like more weapons or whatever. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. I think when we talk about like $60, $60 games and stuff, I think there's a lot of like systems and uh, mechanical layers that have sort of bubbled up from like the digested remains of like smaller games. And they just end up sticking to every game like barnacles and they're sort of like that just appear by like um inertia like when you write the design doc for a game you've got like a template that includes the word crafting already like you you gotta fill that out and you're right that it always just becomes like it's just like (laughs) it's just the most awful shit where you're just like i've been playing some warframe and there's like a lot of collecting in Warframe and like a lot of recipes that you can get, but there's sort of it avoids that inventory issue, I think, that plagues a lot of games because um being a free to play game, it feels a little better when you get stuff for free as opposed to having to pay for it. So like when you make a gun, there's a there's like a tiny bit more sense of like 
okay, I'm glad I got this, as opposed to just a game where you quote-unquote craft something, but you're just sort of like, um, like making explicit the process that you would just get the gun normally by. So it's like, instead of just giving you the gun, they're like, go do all this shit so that you can make the gun. Like, they just break into a bunch of steps to make it feel more meaningful, and it's just usually tedious. Like, even in The Witcher 3, which is obviously uh, the number one greatest game of all time, uh, the crafting and the... Seconded. <laughs> the crafting stuff in that <laughs> game can get a little bit tedious just because there's such a giant volume of things and then like the stats in that game never felt like super meaningful to me so i never like felt like oh i gotta go get this set of armor because i want it to do this it was just sort of like well i can do that because it'll be cool to go over there but yeah like the thing itself was never really the impetus yeah the thing the witcher like the the writing and like the fact that if you went there to get this vest or whatever like you knew there was going to be some cool story right like how it got there or some shit which is honestly preferable i think (laughs) i think so too. yeah as opposed to going there and you get like a super meaningful item but it's just boring yeah also yeah the long dark does this really well because like the inventory is i guess complicated but it's like really easily laid out and yeah being a survival game it's like okay i need this warm piece of clothing and that's sort of where you go from there. Like, I need a, a can opener to open my peaches or whatever. Yeah, it's like, I need to start a fire. Okay, I'll need this yeah. and this. It's like... They actually... Like, it's kind of like thinking logically, like, right. I was in this situation. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. They just added an update where you can place the can on a spot next to the fire. Like, physically in the game world, you place the can so that it cooks or whatever. It used to be like a menu... But they made it like an actual action. Wow. So you're like, damn, I need to wait I've here. This. It's pretty good, I think. It's like probably the most engrossing survival game I've played. Mostly because it's not about like, I don't know, like dinosaurs or whatever. Or zombies. <laughs> it's more like I don't <laughs> want to freeze to death. Subnautica was pretty intense too. Yeah, I do want to play The that. underwater shit is... It gave me the heebie-jeebies. I can't... <laughs> Some of the monsters and that shit is horrifying. <laughs> I can't. This is too much. There's like this big leviathan thing, and every time I would encounter it, I just abject horror. Just, yeah. Just, I would, I would scream. I was actually screaming in my in my house. That's it's yeah. So scary. I that's how I felt with Soma. There's that one bit in Soma where you have to fucking like run along the ocean floor. And, like, there's that gigantic anglerfish or whatever, and it's always just out of sight, but you hear it, and it's, like, always right behind you, and it was just terrifying. I'm it's not, the ocean stuff. That. Yeah, I never fucked no, with yeah. The water fuck level in that. Mario 64 really creeped me out as a kid, because I was like, <laughs> I don't know what's under there, man. I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Fuck that. Uh, Subnautica, y'all can have that shit. It's a great game, but I'm... I'm too scared for that now. Like, I think of just exploring even deeper depths, and I, I'm a little scared. Mm-hmm. I think I told a story about how I, like, got lost in a, a series of underwater caves. I got so lost that I couldn't find my way out. And I ran out of oxygen, and it was I was just, like, so afraid in that moment. Do you know what it's like to get lost in a fucking series of underwater caves and actually fucking die there? <laughs> 
God. I hope you never have to, listeners. Um, <laughs> uh, that's all we have for reader mail. Uh, any other ideas about why crafting systems suck? No. No. I sell my piece. All right, folks. I think we're going to wrap <laughs> this episode of Bad End up. Astrid, thank you again. Uh, why don't you take a second to plug all your stuff that you got going on? Yeah. Uh, uh, if you live in Tampa, I work at a coffee shop. So come see me. Otherwise, I'm <laughs> not doing a whole lot right now. So um, bulletpointsmonthly.com is where you'll find all our articles on various shooters. And we have some podcasts and Patreon and stuff. So yeah. I've been a guest on Bullet Points, by the way. Fun fact, everyone. This is true. Uh-huh. Uh, the two podcasts have a friendly but deadly serious underneath rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and- Aren't you... you- you're all playing Kingdom Hearts right now, right? Or is it just you and Reed? <laughs> yeah, it's me and Reed. He's playing Kingdom Hearts, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be like the Kingdom Hearts expert, but really, I'm just like <laughs> struggling to like explain <laughs> the concept of nobodies and stuff. So, and then oh, yeah. my partner, my yeah. partner's like a Kingdom Hearts expert, so they keep like, they're like, this is embarrassing. I'm like, well, listen, is it more embarrassing <laughs> to know? All this stuff, or to not know it, I don't know. Probably to that's know a true it. question. That's what I was thinking. I'm about yeah. to start replaying them. Oh, I'm like man. really excited. Yeah, Katie's about I, to turn I bought into it. A nobody. <laughs> yeah, oh, you that's got me. the remasters. <laughs> Have you played them yet, or before? Uh, I haven't played, or yeah, I played them on PS2, and I played yeah. the PS3 remaster, the first okay. one. So I haven't played two in a fucking long time. Yeah, weren't you like? Uh, but I'm gonna start with one. Weren't you like a master of Kingdom Hearts two? Yeah. Yeah. Or no, I was a master of the first. Oh, was one. it the first was, one? Like, okay. The, yeah, the first one was like all I owned for right. I want to say two or three years. Oh so it was the God. only game I played, which is kind of insane when you think about. It. But I was also a kid, so I didn't fucking care. Like I was like, I love this game. Shouldn't do that. That was the only uh, game I, I ever hundred percented, like wow. in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, Damn. like I got that Ultima Keyblade. I yeah. had a journal for all the synthesizing. It was great. I'm really, I'm honestly like looking forward to playing because I probably haven't played it in like a decade yeah. now. And I'm excited to see if I still remember shit and whatnot or if I'll just need to pull up a walkthrough. <laughs> all right. Well, if you want to find us online, you can uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. That's extremely helpful. Uh, just tell all your friends about us on the internet. Uh, we see some of y'all like tweeting like, hey, we like Bad End Podcast and we really appreciate yeah, thank that. Thank you. Keep doing that. Thank Keep you. Keep telling everyone you know that Bad we End love Podcast you. Thank you. is the best po- video game podcast on the internet um, uh, besides Bullet Points, which is another good one. Um, also, rate us and review us on iTunes. I already told you about that. <laughs> but uh, send us an email if you want your e- email to be read. Our email is badendpod at gmail.com we are badendpodcast uh, at badendpodcast on twitter uh, and that's about it we will see yeah. you in a couple Kyle should be back next episode oh. I don't think we ever addressed that Kyle's not on this episode oh. Oh, yeah, yeah we usually have another did we? Number. yeah Kyle's he'll be back, he be back. He's, he's not gone forever <laughs> sorry about that Kyle <laughs> totally forgot about you alright <laughs> See you in a couple weeks.
Later. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.